0: All right, um, Chaz, welcome back to the show, The Grit, for December 19th, it's 2017, a- dude.
1: It's Happy John John Day today.
0: Yeah. Merry Christmas and Happy John John Day. Happy John John. You said you're still recovering from celebrating?
1: I wasn't celebrating, but I did oh, drink okay. way too much last night, and you know when you drop into bed totally dizzy and think, oh man, that's uncool.
0: That's, well, that's I remember I did. from high school. No, well, you don't do that maybe- now? Dude, I know my tolerance levels now, and I don't let it get to that point. Maybe sure. once a year it gets to that point. Sure. But you're talking about like looking at the ceiling in the room spinning. Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. That's was how you big, were feeling.
1: It was a big accident. I was just popping bubs with alongside John John. Uh, bubbly. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was beer and bourbon. Actually. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, I drank a bottle of Chaz Smith Cabernet last night. Oh, nice. Night. Charles See, Smith.
1: I know Charles Smith. He has some good branding we yeah. talked about him a little bit, haven't we? We, we did, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I actually, I was at Costco, and uh, I saw it there, and I'm like, you know what, I haven't had that in a while, I'll yeah. give that a go. And it was actually was it good? really, it was Charles very, Smith. very I,
1: good. It's from Washington, isn't it? Yeah. I emailed him before, a yeah. long, long time ago, I think I told no him. No reply. Yeah, no reply, nothing.
0: Um, By the way, when I interviewed Warshaw, he referred to you as Charlie, and a buddy reached out, and he's like, hey, is Chaz's, Smith na- really, is Chaz's name really Char- Charles? I was like, yeah, you didn't know that? Chaz is short for Charles? And he's like, I had no idea. Yeah,
1: if I was born a Chaz, that would be the douchiest thing ever.
0: Would it be? I would think so. Douchier than just going by Chaz?
1: Yeah, I mean, both are really douchey. Okay. But I think that... I guess my parents would have been way douchier if they would have named me Chaz. I, in this scenario, I guess my dad is the douche at the end, though, because my dad, that's where Chaz, I mean, my dad always called me Chaz. He was actually the only one who would call me Chaz. Oh, really? And so when I started writing, I just used Chaz, but, mm-hmm. which I don't know why I did that, but yeah, maybe it's funny when people, homage to my father.
0: It's funny when people type it in, um, in the comments section or on Instagram and they use a Z. Oh, yeah. C-Z h a z and yeah. i'm like what yeah yeah no it's Chaz mono also when it has your name in the byline like yeah. as the author <laughs> as an s and they're still using a z yeah. that always makes me laugh yeah all right well um shout out to the Surfrider foundation where we are here sitting this is our home studio surfrider.org you can become a member for 25 bucks a month or a year
1: actually it's a good gift a good christmas gift i reckon
0: that's true you can, it is
1: a good gift feel good giving it and getting it
0: how do you feel though? Like whenever somebody in your family says, "Oh, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. Just make a donation to this charitable cause." Yeah, it's lame. So lame. It's right? super
1: lame. But I think with Surfrider, don't you get a you get the sticker, and so you can you can feel better than people on the on the road. I think that's what part of the big part of Surfrider I, I feel is yeah, just feeling better than everybody else. Yeah, right? I
0: agree, and I think that uh, you should give that gift and then get them a physical gift. Precisely, as well, precisely. Yeah, yeah, like I'm down that kid in Uganda needs a goat and yeah. I'm down to gift him that goat. Yeah. But additionally, I would like to hand you something other than an envelope. Than a and, goat, you know. yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I get it. So you surfed since we last saw each other. No. Oh, okay. I thought I saw you wrote something saying that you surfed.
1: Nope. I've oh, okay. been out. Of the, I have, but I have surgery scheduled. So my non-surfing okay. days are almost, or they have a, yeah, they have an end date.
0: On okay. Them. How's yeah. that going? The surgery, <laughs> the uh, not surfing experience. Oh,
1: uh, it's pretty lame. It's the Is longest it? I, haven't, I haven't surfed in maybe my whole life. Well, not my whole life, but, yeah, in a long while, which, yeah, it's just a bummer. It's Is a bummer when you drive by and see perfect waves and don't care because you can't do anything
0: about it. Have you, um, has it affected your life negatively? Do you find that, like, you now you don't have a release or a therapy or any of that stuff?
1: I, f- I find that I'm, I am uh, more kind of, like just bopping along, not, I I don't do things as quickly. Like, I don't know, surfing, I think, you know, you you fit in that hour and a half or whatever, and then it makes you, oh, dang, I'm late on this or I'm late on that, and so you're really focused. So I feel I've lost focus. Mm. Like I'll just kind of putter around a lot more now and, not yeah, not get stuff done.
0: Do you have any other physical activities in your life to stay fit?
1: No, I just just thought yesterday I better start doing something because I'm going to get like skinny fat.
0: Could you imagine? Skinny
1: fat is the worst too. It is the worst. Yeah,
0: when it goes straight to the belly. Ah, uh,
1: and you just have a little, yeah, a pot little, belly. Uh, it's the worst look ever.
0: It really is. Um, I talked so when I interviewed Warshaw, it was part of his, you know, fundraising campaign. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the conversations that we had was like he's living in Seattle, obviously, sure. and he's removed from Surf, and he views it as kind of beneficial to his life.
1: He he does. I yeah. I think. Warshaw t- told me before that he kind of needed it to be a good father. Like he mm. has a young son up there and that, yeah, with uh, the constant tug of surf, it's just, it gets in your way. But I think, I think Warshaw is properly a proper surf junkie in a way that maybe I'm not. Like Warshaw, I think, need like just is surf crazy, right? Yeah. I think he, or I think he was.
0: It certainly was for yeah. a long time. Yeah. I think... Um, also it's important to, I think balance, everybody tries in the end of their, I don't know, learning experience in life or whatever it is. It's like, they all come to the conclusion of balance is what I always hear from people. And so it's like, you're obsessed about it for a period of time. And then you need to take a break for a period of time. And then you realize, well, if you can just do it, okay. Surf when it fits into your schedule and not ditch work because of it or ditch family obligation because of it, that is when it provides benefit in your life. I will say
1: it's real hard though. Like when the waves are when the waves are pumping back home, and I, you know, when I was when I was in the water, just getting that jittery, like, oh man, you know, when you know it's good, it's really hard not to not to at least, yeah, want to be out there.
0: But then there's times where you know it's good and you cannot be there because you have other obligations, and then you feel anxiety all day long Precisely. you hate it. Precisely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I
1: don't know that you could ever live a balanced surfing life. To be quite frank,
0: it's a good point
1: i think you can't like i think if you like to surf if it's pumping and you're missing it you're gonna feel the jitters nobody's yeah. nobody's or i mean maybe somebody is and you can email or yeah, reach out if you don't care when it's pumping and you're not surfing sometimes when i'm surfed out i feel real gluttonous about not surfing and i love that feeling when yeah. it's pumping but you're so you've surfed so much that you're just surfed yeah. out it's a good feeling yeah
0: it's a feeling of accomplishment totally. partially yep um, well, I'm sorry that you can't enjoy your downtime. It's okay. I'm not enjoying anything right now. Just <laughs> drinking and spinning. Drinking makes it worse yeah. too, man. It's a depressant. <laughs> um, let's congratulate Derek on his book release. Derek Riley
1: is a famous now. He is famous in Australia.
0: Is it really like He's a huge famous. success? Yeah, not yeah. just in the little.
1: No, it is a proper. I mean, Bob Hawk was Australia's most, I think most beloved, most popular prime minister ever. Right. And so it'd be like me having a, a best-selling book with, you know, Bill Clinton, I don't think is the most loved ever, but say... It'd be I like,
0: think Barack would be a good example. Yeah, but
1: I think Barack is too fresh. yeah Like, it'd be a, like, it's a, you know, Bob Hawke hasn't been prime minister for a while. So it'd be like doing a book, a super interesting book with Bill Clinton. Right. uh You know, where here it would be also, you know, if it was well-written, well it would be a massive bestseller too, just because, and it's not just the Bob Hawke's biography. Like, Derek's not a ghostwriter right. in the thing. It's... Tuesday or Wednesdays with Bob, right? Where Derek went every Wednesday and hung out with this 80-year-old man, you know, drinking beers and just chit-chatting about politics and love and whatever else. And I think Bob Hawk is an interesting character too. So yeah, it's a massive, massive hit in Australia.
0: Did Derek's Derek get is- hired for that job or did he know him organically somehow?
1: No, Derek. Uh, so my publisher from Australia for Welcome to Paradise, and I'll go to hell if her name. Her name is Jean. She's awesome. I think she's... French, Belgian, Australian. There might be something else mixed in there. Amazing. Um, she had met Derek. Uh, I can't remember when. It was either around the release of my book or for, for some reason. And asked Derek, what what book do you want to write? And Derek just told her, I want to do a book about Bob Hawk. Um, and somehow someone knew him and reached out. And he was amenable to it, which is wow. yeah, totally ridiculous anyway. And so off, off they went.
0: Especially as like a first time author.
1: Yeah, totally. No. Crazy. and you know, and the way it's being built in Australia too. It's like this Bondi Surfer and, you know, Australia's most loved prime minister have a chit chat. So
0: I, which I think um they're a lot more open to the idea of a surfer being involved in with the prime minister in Australia than they would here. Yeah. Obviously maybe. surf culture is a lot more totally acceptable. Yeah.
1: I mean and yeah, Derek is Derek is smart and stuff, and so yeah, I think that yeah. I'm sure they had, yeah.
0: Um, can I get a copy of the book in the U.S.? You cannot.
1: You can get it on Kindle, I think. Right. You can get it on uh, digital version, but I don't think you get a hardbound copy. But yeah, I think you can get, we'll, we'll figure out the link and put it on.
0: It was was free through Kindle uh, if you have Amazon Prime. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I didn't even have to pay for it. That's
1: amazing. But I don't have Kindle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you might have to have Kindle.
0: Right. I think. So, but then there was a link on the publisher's website to purchase the book. Yep. But I think then you'd have to pay whatever to get it shipped from Australia here. Yep. So I just figured I'd wait it out until it was available here. Yep. But you have no idea when that I might be? I don't think it'll
1: ever be available here as, okay. a, as a book book. Okay. Though, though it may be, I guess. I don't know. I mean, All I right. think it's such a – that's a crazy thing about Australia. It's, it always totally blows me away that a, a whole continent of 20 million people, it's basically greater L.A., can support any kind of economy of anything. The fact that they can write their own books and, you know, do all that. Like, I mean, what's America 300 million. Yeah. I have no idea. I think it is. I think America's 300 million. Australia's 20 million. Just, I think it's just over 20 million. Interesting. country. Wow. Yep. Uh,
0: well, congratulations to Derek. We'll put a link to that book in case you're in Australia or anywhere else. Um, let's get into the pipe masters first. And then since that's so fresh, uh, John, John Florence is our, Two-time world champ now. Jeremy Flores became the two-time pipe master, and Gabriel continued to be everybody's favorite villain.
1: Man, people people are really kicking Gabby. Yeah. God hates him, even, which is <laughs> a real bummer.
0: I saw that that article headline. <laughs> um, did, you, did you want to give any general thoughts on the event before I break down individual?
1: Yeah. Uh, um, you know, here's, okay, so it hadn't run, right, for a long time. right. It was a long waiting period uh, stretched out due to, I guess, bad winds. I don't know. I wasn't there on the mm-hmm. shore, shore, but they were claiming massive bad surf, winds. Massive surf, but yeah, bad winds. Massive surf, but bad winds. And I was thinking, I was sitting at home thinking, first, come on, who cares? Like, make them paddle out into massive surf and bad winds. Like, people like wipeouts, right? If, yeah. And it'll be fun. It'll be entertaining. Maybe it won't be the... Or clearly it won't be the you know finest surfing ever done, but it'll be entertaining. We're, aren't we in the business of entertainment here is what I was thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. Then I thought, well, this dang waiting period is going so long. And Derek sent me a text that said, surf ranch is better than pipeline, right? Because it's consistent. And so I thought, well, no, it's not. But I'll write the story just for fun anyway. But, and then as as the window stretched, I was thinking, well, man, I like is there something to... You know consistency, but then when pipe finally came back on, I said, "Of course not ever." Like it was, I thought the pipe conditions, even though they weren't epic, were so enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. For those, did it run three days in a row? I think it did, right? Or was two, it? Two? I think it was two
0: days in a row. Two oh, full okay. Days. The first day they finished round one, yeah, so they the, only ran like four sure,
1: heats. But when they came back in, two full days. Two two full days. Okay, yeah. so th- and those two full days was some of the more enjoyable surf watching that i had done all year right i mean part of it was the storylines and all that but part of it was it was like it was really fun like and are you gonna wait for the you know the bigger barrels are you gonna are you gonna poach the inside and get those small runners that just went forever you know i mean there was some italo i think was throwing some airs like there was enjoyable things happening almost every single heat and which to me was the exact opposite of anything that's ever going to happen, happen at surf ranch, right? Where you're not yes. going to be hunting this wave or that wave. you're not going to be sitting over on this part of the reef or that part of the reef, like the, the variability, um, that went into those two days, I thought were, it was just wonderfully enjoyable.
0: I couldn't agree more. Um, it's my favorite event of the year for a lot of those reasons. The, I watched the, the surf line cams of pipeline on those massive days that they didn't run. Yeah. And it was unsurfable. Yeah. Like the, the commissioners made the right call sure. for sure. Like I would, I would agree with you. Like just throw them out there into just crazy conditions, really
1: nastiness and see, if, it, see who shines.
0: If it was challenging and then there were results, but there was not. It wasn't even surfable, sure. you know Which, what I mean? And,
1: and they clearly made the, i guess yeah. I wanted them to throw them out there because I thought when it was going to come, when pipe was going to come back, it was going to be, you know, waist-high pipe. They were just right. going to run out of the waiting period and run it like they did last, when Kanoa was in the uh, finals last year. Wasn't it basically like shoulder-high by the end? Yeah. It was so small. And when pipeline is that small, it's just a bummer to watch. And I, I was thinking better—I'd way rather watch guys going over the falls, you know, in unruly— in you know, God's cauldron than watching Kanoa in shoulder high pipe.
0: I agree and I think to be honest that the WSL agrees. Yeah. Like from what I've assessed in hindsight, I feel like the WSL wants what you and I want. But they don't have a magic ball or crystal ball to look into the future. Sure. They're just looking at the conditions, going, "Well, the forecast suggests that we might get eight to ten foot backdoor. Yep, so let's go for that.
1: Yep, exactly. And they and, made and they made the right call clearly. Yeah, the and end. they
0: generally do, which oh, is kind of shocking. It's you true.
1: Know? It's true. Every time I want to kick Karen Perro right under the bus, yeah, I think, oh, uh, more times than not, I have thought, what is this this amateur doing? Why is it? Why are they calling it now, or why aren't they? You know, letting it run or whatever. But nine times out of ten, maybe not that much. But he's right. In generally. hindsight, yeah. so
0: you shame him in the moment, I but in hindsight, in do moment. you ever congratulate him?
1: Um, I will today. Let's take this opportunity. Karen Perot, great job. Fantastic job. It was and a, it that was, was a tough m- one to call. Masterful, masterfully, masterfully called.
0: I would agree. Um, since it's the end of the year, this is our last show of the year. This we'll use this opportunity to reflect on things like this yep. and pat people on the back yep. for a job. Well done. Yep. Karen. Karen. Fantastic job. Um, can we talk about Gabriel's blocking techniques? Let's do it. Let's There's do a it. lot to break down here. Um, the WSL instituted a new rule after the Tahiti event, because Gabriel was blocking Chloe Andino, And there was another heat in that event that he did too. And, I found, uh, or the WSL had drones for that event. And so I found that footage on their website and put it on Instagram and it made, and this was again, months ago, but it made it super clear that Gabriel was basically paddling and Gabe had priority he was paddling in front of and blocking Chloe Andino whenever Chloe Andino made a move for a wave not with the intention of catching the wave just being in the way simply to get in the way of Chloe
1: Well, see and here's the thing too is they were uh Richie Porta they they love to bring roll Richie Porta out anytime they're feeling the heat i think like mm-hmm. ooh this was a controversial call let's get Richie Porta which is a nice move right to mm-hmm. have the head judge right there uh, his explanation for what happened to me was absolutely asinine. Because
0: in Tahiti or in pipe.
1: In pipe. Okay. I thought it was asinine because he claimed that uh, the guy with priority has priority and he gets to have, you know, first sniff at anything, right? Yeah. Um it was very clear, obviously, that Gabriel wasn't sniffing at those waves. Also, a wave like pipe, it's not like trestles, right? Where you can drop in super, super late or whatever. Like right. if you're gonna go on something, you gotta you gotta pull the trigger. Like totally. you can't dilly dally. And so, with uh, Gabriel paddling around right there, there's no way that Flores could have pulled the trigger on anything. Right. He would have either gone, just sent himself over the falls, or got an interference. There was absolutely nothing to do. Like there was, there was no other thing that was happening there except for Gabriel blocking uh, Jeremy. And I don't know why the WSL explanation or Richie Porter's explanation fell so far short of what was actually happening. That to me, it was, it was. Aggravating.
0: I completely agree. And I think what you're talking about was in round four. So it was a non elimination heat. And Gabriel, Jeremy's mistake was sitting without priority, sitting outside of Gabriel. Sure. But so whenever a wave popped up, you're right. You can't paddle for it and then back off. So Gabe or Jeremy knew it was a scoring wave and that Gabriel was inside of him. So he's like, Gabe's going to go on this. So he kind of makes a motion. Gabriel just turns around, doesn't paddle and therefore loses priority. And there was three waves in a row where Gabriel did that. So the waves went unridden. They were the, they were the best waves. Mm-hmm. I, I
1: mean, who knows how they, but they seemed, they appeared to be some of the best waves of the entire day.
0: But th- what happened is I, I agree with you. And then Gabe got us, went and got a wave Um Jeremy got another wave and actually won that heat. And so it was a little bit of retribution, like it was karmic retribution. Sure, well, and then
1: he beat him again too. So like that's wrong. the other thing. Yeah. So
0: in that heat though, what, what I thought was, all right, Gabe, Gabe basically used the rules to sure. his advantage and beat Jeremy technically, or he actually didn't, he ended up losing because yeah. Jeremy won him with a wave score. But what, what I thought was, uh, or what I noticed was when Jeremy, got that score he paddled back out and then set in the exact same position that he did previously and i thought to myself jeremy did you not learn anything you should sit now inside jeremy had priority you should sit inside of gabriel and do exactly to him what he did to you
1: like i wonder though i mean at a wave like pipe like i wonder if you're jeremy you want to be i mean Talking to Jamie O'Brien about this, right? I always ask Jamie, how do you know where to sit? And Jamie said, I would get something in my mind before paddling out and I want to be on that coral head, right? And he said he would paddle out and he would, doesn't matter if somebody else is there, he would sit on that coral head where, you know, it was just where he wanted to be that day, right? Where I wonder if, I think Jeremy is a lot better pipe surfer than, and, and surfs pipe a lot more, I think, than Gabriel. And I wonder if he has almost that mentality too. like He wants to be there mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't matter what Gabriel's doing, right?
0: I think you're right. That probably is what it is. But
1: Gabriel, you know, and Gabriel was, I think, obviously surfed tactically, but I think it was, I think what he did was against the rules. Like it was definitely against the spirit of the rules.
0: So that, so that comes into question when we talk about what's right or wrong, there's what's right and wrong technically from a rule standpoint, which isn't actually that objective because he's now bending beyond the rules then there's what's right ethically sure and then i think there's also a third one which is what's right from kind of a global perspective yeah of what kind of progresses this sport forward honors the sport that sort of thing um so i'm going to kind of break it down well gabe actually blocked uh kelly as well yep. i guess it would have been round five yeah after he lost to Jeremy Flores in round 4, he went into round 5 and then surfed against Kelly and this was the most egregious one that everybody's talking about, which is Kelly made first of all an insane drop into the pit. Yep. Gabriel was actually sitting Gabriel already had Kelly comboed. Gabriel was sitting down the line and this is an important distinction for me, which is Gabriel wasn't even sitting in a position to get barreled on the wave. Gabriel was sitting on the exit of the wave.
1: With knowing that if Kelly got anything He's he just could, gonna he use could, a blocking Yep, he can knock tactic. it he can knock it right out.
0: So Kelly drops in, gets shacked and Gabe drops in straight onto the exit and then actually kind of angles at Kelly, which to me looks like he's hoping that Kelly's going to make contact with him. He's not going to straight bull rush him, but he is going to go straight because Kelly's kind of getting chandeliered by the section and probably won't be able to navigate away from Gabriel. He'll just try to survive the wave. And of course, Kelly is miraculous enough to where he actually successfully surfed the barrel and avoided Gabriel. And, um, an interference was not called, but Kelly did get a score for the wave. The score was not enough to get him out of the combo situation. But the question is just, was that a legal technique for Gabriel? The judges said, yes, it was legal, but we're still going to give Kelly the score. The question now is, was it ethically the right thing to do? I think
1: of course, you know, people uh, reposted after that. Some Brazilian reposted. remember when Kelly did the same thing to Joel Parkinson on the gold coast at snapper, Joel's, has, you know, an epic barrel running down the line. Kelly shoulder hops him straight in, uh, which is funny. I think, you know, I, I don't think the way Kelly after that threw double shakas to the beach with his tongue out, I don't think Kelly thought like, oh, you know, this dick. I think Kelly thought, eh, that you know, that's what you do, right? Yeah. That's what you do in that situation. But the WSL just needs to make sure that that's not what you do, right? If you're dropping in to wreck somebody, if, you're, if you have priority and you're going to paddle for a wave and actually surf it, then, great right, yeah. but if you're if you're using priority to take somebody else's wave out to me then then that there's a problem with the rule totally and and, and, and even the explanation though, of of Gabriel being right there or uh as far as the rule book goes to me was really dubious because you can't I agree. you can't do that you can't just sit somewhere to drop in on somebody right, correct, and I have no idea how they split those hairs, and Richie Porta again, I think tried to say something uh, at that point, which
0: didn't make any sense, I agree. And I think that the rule that they instituted in Tahiti was supposed to prevent this exact thing from happening. Yeah. It's supposed to prevent blocking for the sake of blocking. So I think that you're right. That distinction with Kelly and Parco 2013 event on the Gold Coast, Kelly was using that wave to get a score. He also dropped in down... like. I don't think kelly was sitting in that position to block, block parko yeah. he was either paddling out from a previous wave or he was sitting in that position thinking this is the right part of the sandbar yeah. to where i'm going to get the best barrel and there was a far enough distance between the two of them that there was no threat of physical harm yeah whereas gabriel's
1: he dropped right in on kelly's head
0: there was real real uh a safety concern yeah. there, and it's pipeline which is different than yeah. snapper and like i said there was, he was dropping in on the exit of the wave, like the exit of the doggy door portion of the barrel, not a portion where he could have surfed the wave, and he already had Kelly comboed. Yeah. So there, it's a completely different scenario. So I'll ask you straight out. Does it matter that he had Kelly comboed uh, when applying that tactic?
1: No. Cause, I agree. Because Kelly, you know, Kelly, say if Kelly could have finished that wave properly, that wave would have probably been a, a good mid-eight, how mm-hmm. they were scoring at that point right mm-hmm. i mean maybe maybe would have even been a nine and he would have been out Ke- of combo yeah it would have been out of combo and then it's all then it's all yeah
0: right so the fact that kelly's combo doesn't matter no does it matter that he didn't try to surf the wave and he just went straight to me yes
1: i agree that because uh, enter, and entertainment wise like you need i mean i think the wsl should put the most entertaining product they can on the table and having guys drop in and go straight is just, is not entertaining
0: I completely agree. I think that's a much better point. Like when you're looking at it from that global perspective, what elevates and progresses the sport? And this, I think, restricts it. I think this now is going to require a new rule. Yep. And the rule is going to make it harder for people to actually like, you know, creatively express themselves. It's bad globally. I mean, they should, what the WSL should
1: really do, I think, if I was head of WSL right now, if I was dear Sophie Goldschmidt, I would go into a room with everybody and say, okay, there's surfing tactically shouldn't be a part of professional surfing, right? Let's take, how can we take basically, you know, of course you still need priority kind of thing. But aside from that, how can we take away any tactical surfing and just have it be, you have to go out there and not even, there's not even enough tactical things in the rule book to even think about. So you just go out and you're only ever thinking about how to surf, you know, as, as good as you possibly can.
0: And that's, that's the absolute truth. Gabriel is using tact; He's not relying on his surfing. His surfing ability
1: is good enough to do anything.
0: Totally. It'll allow him to win the world titles. And what we want to see in that heat is for Kelly to get out of combo situation with that eight, five on that wave and Gabriel be forced to better his nines like, those are the best heats we've ever seen in the history of surfing. Precisely. These tactical heats. No. Everybody says, like, oh, but it adds drama and it adds flair. And no. it's like, it does, but not more than when they're getting nines back to back. Precisely. And there's yeah. no, yeah, the the drama and flair of watching three perfect
1: waves go unridden because somebody's sitting exactly. on somebody else is just, is silly.
0: You, <laughs> you know when you're sitting in traffic and, like, stop and go gridlock on the freeway and then the one a-hole uses the emergency lane to kind of blow past everybody and it's like cool dude you beat us on a technicality and you got there faster than any of us but if we all did what you did it would be pure chaos sure and nobody would get anywhere it would block and then somebody actually will be i don't know giving birth in their car needing to get to the hospital and that lane will be blocked and they can't do it i feel like that's what gabriel's doing to us yeah he's beating us on technicalities but it's lowering the standard for everything else that's going to take place from this point on. You need to operate with a sense of decorum to kind of keep things on track and to keep traffic moving respectably for everybody.
1: Well, I mean, I totally agree. And, the, and if more people start surfing like Gabriel surfs his heats, then it's bad. I mean, then that's what it's, I'm saying. It's really...
0: Everybody like- ends up in the emergency lane. And then nothing uh,
1: gets. I mean, it would really be you'd ride like one wave and then just sit on somebody the exactly. entire time. Just exactly. sit and block and sit and paddle in front of and drop in on them when they surf. So That'd I feel
0: it. that is exactly. Gabriel is lowering the overall bar. Yep. You know, and, and for and for pure entertainment value,
1: again, like it was funny when he dropped. I mean, after you know everybody's okay and everything, it was kind sure. of funny when he dropped in on yeah on Kelly, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, Kelly getting that score would have made that heat so much better.
0: Now, let me ask you this. Gabe is the villain. Um, would it have been different if this was 10 years ago or 2003, let's say, and it was Andy Irons who dropped in on Kelly in that same scenario? Obviously, Gabe's the villain now, so we all can point the finger and blame him. But Andy being in Hawaii on his home Court advantage would it make any difference? I don't think so. Because I don't it, think so. I
1: don't think so because again, it it uh, it's not like Andy's. You know, if Andy would drop in, say, on Kelly and then surf a wave amazingly, then that sure maybe that. But the in this same scenario, the dropping in and going straight is is just silly.
0: You think Andy would have been vilified for it?
1: I don't think he would have been vilified, but I don't think people would have been standing up and saying that was a, such a sick move when he dropped in on Kelly. I mean, I think it would just be. Uh, if, forgotten
0: yeah i i mean i kind of think andy wouldn't have done that yeah you know what i mean andy would have been scrapping to get priority position probably
1: totally i mean and and gabe see that's the thing again gabe thinking even to do that to me points to real problems with the system not with gabe like he's i think gabe is tactically he knows he can use it right because not every surfer goes out there and and cares about tactics but but again the if that starts to be the trend that not only, you know, are you going to be good, but you're also going to be smart. Mm -hmm. I don't want smart surfing. Right. I just want, yeah, I want raw, brutal surfing.
0: Um, so back to my ethical questions, does it matter that it was pipeline?
1: I think so. I mean, it, no, it doesn't matter as opposed to like anywhere else. I mean, I think it's, you know, the danger level gets raised like where, if say the wave would have landed on top of Kelly's head and Kelly would have rebroken his foot or something like that. and, you know, uh, I think people would have blamed Gabriel. I don't think it would have been Gabriel's fault. It's still the, it's the WSL would have been the WSL's fault. Yeah, I think. But yeah, uh, I don't think it changes. I don't think that changes anything ethically.
0: Okay. Um. WSL posted a photo in their stories of Kelly's foot after that that thing. It it is gnarly. It's really black and blue. It was gross. Yeah. And he doesn't complain about it that much.
1: And he didn't like usually old Kelly, I think would have used it as kind of a funny, haha, look at how good I did even with a broken foot. But I didn't even hear him mention it at all. No. In any post interview, any time, like there was no
0: reference. I agree. Yeah. It's shocking. Um, Now, another question, ethically, does it matter that it appears as though Gabe tried to cause an interference? Like, Gabe, to me, it looked like angled towards Kelly, hoping Kelly would make contact and thereby receive an interference. Does that matter?
1: I don't, I think so. I mean, that that to me is the part where, again, I lay all blame at the feet of the head judge, where it was very, Gabriel's intentions, I thought, from the webcast were clear. He was trying to block Kelly's wave, which, as far as... I understood the rule book was illegal and I have no idea. And Richie Porta, so the way Richie Porta talked about it, it seemed like there's two rules, right? There is priority and there's uh, blocking. And it seems in Porta's explanation, the priority rule always uh, trumps the blocking mm. call, right? Mm-hmm. Well, duh. I mean, that's what priority is. So right. I didn't understand it at all. Like, if then take away the blocking rules and just have everybody blocking or. I mean, I think that I think the blocking rule should forevermore trump the priority rule. If you're just surfing like an asshole, yeah, you yeah. get you get dinged. You get after whatever it is
0: this, though, is an additional distinction. This was beyond blocking. This was actually angling to try to make Kelly make contact. totally. So does that now matter?
1: I mean, I think that I think once he dropped in, then he he had already committed what in my mind is the grave sin. Once Gabe turned and paddled for a wave that he had no hope of doing anything on, that Kelly had every hope of possibly doing something amazing on, then whatever Gabe did after that, I mean, he could have punched Kelly and
0: to me, it would have been the same. To me, it's not. To me, this is an important distinction. Gabe could have surfed away from Kelly and still caused the exact same effect, uh, but he didn't. He was hoping Kelly would get an interference on that wave, and so he presumably angled to make Kelly make contact with him. I think this is one step away from him plowing straight into Kelly, you know? And even this is one step too far where it's like, dude, this is the exact opposite of what we want to happen. And this is kind of... It becomes a contact sport at that point,
1: which I would love if surfing was a contact sport. If they did away with priority and everything all together and you could drop in and swing, like push people off waves and stuff, that would be a lot of fun.
0: I'm into that too, but now that's an entirely different direction. That's true. That's true.
1: But back, okay, real quick back here. Do yeah. you think how, I know that Gabriel is, uh, I think, you know, Instagram wise or whatever is like one of the most popular surfers in the world. Right. Totally. Do you think that all of Brazil was cheering that move or, or the way he surfs? Do you think like, it's hard for me to get a gauge of what honest Brazilians actually think of it on, you know, message boards, like on beach Grits, for example, under the, under the headline, uh, God hates gab. There was a couple of Brazilians in there getting real mad, right? Which I get like, but do Brazilians support him in general or, would you think he would be more popular if he stopped being, if he stopped doing things like that? Like in other words, shorter, uh, would Gabriel is Gabriel hurting himself by doing the things he does? Would he be more popular? Uh, you know, and therefore sell more board shorts or whatever, more rip grow product, therefore get more money. If he was, if he wasn't who he is.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of layers to that question. A lot of layers. Um, I don't know the answer to it. I think that, part of the joy is him being the villain. Sure. I don't think that he's recognized and embraced the fact that he's a villain. I think some villains play it up. Um, Like John McEnroe or whatever, will say just sensational things just because he knows that's what it is expected of him. Sure. And he's down with embracing it. I think you're that way to a certain degree with your kind of identity as a writer and with beach and that sort of thing. And it makes you impervious to the negative feedback. You know, nothing sticks to you because you embrace it. I think things stick to Gabriel.
1: See, this is the thing. As I was watching it, I was, uh, funny that you bring that up because I was sort of rooting for Gabriel to win the whole thing. If I'm going to be quite honest with you, like to take John, John out just for this villainous narrative. Like I really like that narrative. Right. And I, I agree with you that I don't know that Gabriel embraces it. If he did embrace it and was doing all that stuff that he's doing, um, I would enjoy it more, I think. But again, it just wouldn't be... It's not as enjoyable surfing-wise to watch. But I really... I would really... Yeah, call on Gabriel. Gabriel, I know you listen. Uh, (laughs) Embrace your villain. Embrace the dark
0: side. So I went through some of that same exact mind... my uh, Headspace that you went through where I found myself... I've always... I've never been a Gabriel fan. Yeah. I found myself in this event becoming a Gabriel fan and rooting for him because I liked an element of his tactical kind of mindset. And then I found myself hating him, you know, and rooting for, for Jeremy to beat him on that wave with sheer surfing rather than technicality. And then I found myself hating Gabriel again. And in the end I was like, I loved that. I went through that emotional roller coaster. Sure. that made surfing super fun for me in a way that I haven't had in a very long time.
1: Like Gabriel, I think Gabriel, I mean, surfing, professional surfing needs Gabriel Medina more than John John Florence at this moment in right. time, because right. if it was just John John again, Oh, you know, second world title, third world title next year, you know, pop, you know, pop yeah. in. Oh, it's pipe next year. Right. So yeah. They get to pop bubs once more at pipe. Um, yeah, the the Gabriel Medina narrative, though, is I think more a more compelling narrative. And you know, as rude as it is, I was thinking, how fun ish would it be to, to watch Gabriel win, and just the pall of depression that would come onto the North Shore that John like stealing it from John John. There would have been you know fifteen cheering Brazilians, and everybody else would have just been hung dog and yeah like which but, is, and i'm glad that that didn't happen right it was fun to watch john john celebrate and all that but without the real drama of this bad guy could come in and and steal it in john john's backyard
0: but i so i do wonder are we um forcing him to be the villain are we the ones crafting the narrative that he's the villain because he's soft peddling it like, yeah completely he's, he doesn't
1: think he's a villain i think i i mean again the god hates gab thing the reason that uh we put that on beach grid is because gabriel said and i think the day before uh, his right. heat that God is on his side right Where when he won a heat when he won a heat right. he said God is on my side blah de blah de blah um, which is you know a funny thing to say but I really truly think that Gabriel Medina is trying to be a good Christian probably and doing his best and working hard and trying to you know do, do the best he can within the rule book and whatever like I think yeah. he's he doesn't think he's a villain he should think he's a villain though.
0: I imagine if he got up on the podium and was just like F all you guys yeah F Jeremy Flores for being bummed that I beat him on a technicality. Yep. That's what surfing is. Yeah. There's rules for a reason. I'm playing. That would be rad. No, I know. That would be rad. And then even like F you, everybody on the North shore supporting John, John, Yeah. screw you too. Yeah. You know, like that would be so rad. Completely. And I would, I would hate him and completely root against him while knowing
1: this is awesome. I mean, it, it's when surfing becomes a little more like MMA or something, right? When, or w, w, WWE. Yeah. From,
0: it but it? MMA is fine too because you got Conor McGregor.
1: Sure. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Though, is they have people and you have the, I mean, even in crappy, you know, whatever bouts that nobody knows anybody, uh, the two guys still at weigh-in get in each other's face and yell, right? Completely. Where nobody in surfing is yelling and, a, and I guess that's fine, but if they want to make it, more entertaining. Yeah. Gabriel, which I guess he doesn't have to embrace it. He just is now he, and especially the way he surfed yesterday added, you know, more stamps in his bad guy passport. Yeah. Uh, by, you know, the way he blocked Jeremy and the way he dropped in on Kelly.
0: Here's my concern for Gabriel. I've brought this up before and people um, disagreed with me in the post kind of commentary, but I'm going to stand by it. I think Gabriel really needs to start thinking about legacy at this point. And how do you want to be remembered, Gabriel? Do you wanna be remembered for your surfing or for your tactician ability? And what I didn't bring up last time is anybody, any anytime anybody talks about Damian Hardman, yeah. nobody talks about a surfing ability. Yep. So my point is, I think everybody at this level, certainly if you've won a world title, we know that you're a great surfer. That's a given. But how do you distinguish yourself between the other world champions? Well, Damien Hardman is distinguished by his technical prowess. Nobody ever talks about a wave that he surfed. Yep. There's not one Tom Carroll snap moment for Damien Hardman. So Gabriel, he's getting to the point where it's like, you're all great surfers. Additionally, I feel like the Brazilian storm, quote unquote, has actually diminished Gabriel's rising star status because Italo and Felipe are doing equally crazy airs. Yeah. So, like there, he's indistinguishable. He's crazier, not. Indist- I
1: would say. I mean, totally.
0: Yeah, yeah, they've actually gotten better than his. He's gotten to the point where he was the shining star for a minute at the beginning of it, the first phase of it. But now it's all kind of equalized, and it's harder to distinguish him in that round one heat with Miguel Pupo, where Miguel Pupo got the craziest wave of that. He's a Brazilian goofy footer, and he outshined Gabriel. Then who's doing the craziest airs of the event? Oh, actually, Idolo is. If those guys weren't on tour, Gabriel would stand out as this superstar of a region in the way that, uh, Jordy Smith does with South Africa or whatever, or Griffin Colapinto is going to do for California. You know, he's our only Californian or him and Chloe. So I think that those guys have actually kind of, I don't know, blurred the lines of Gabe's superstar status and then. They're all great surfers, so he gets lumped into that category. And now his only defining characteristic is his tactician yeah, status.
1: Dropping in on people.
0: So Gabe, what do you want to do for your legacy? Yeah, Gabe. It might be an important thing if you can't stand out from your surfing prowess and winning the most world titles. I don't know in history or whatever. You might your legacy could be being the black hatted villain. free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply
1: which would be awesome right if he, we need it if he embraced it that's what i that's what we i need would, it i would love for i
0: mean how old is gabriel do you i can look it up while hand, we're talking
1: yeah uh if he's he's similar in age to john john i'm thinking right early 20s for sure yeah and so he and john john could theoretically have this I mean, because i feel that andy irons obviously kelly was a lot older than andy but and they're uh, they were both older, kind of when that rivalry hit on. Mm-hmm. Uh, where now we've had this is three is this the third year of a Gabriel kind of John John rivalry? It's the fifth, fifth year of a. I but, mean, they but, weren't but, going for world titles, sure, but like a specific rivalry, right? At this point, I think it's a third year where you could actually call it a rivalry, which is yeah. amazing. They're both still so young; like we could have this John John versus Gabriel thing stretch out for a long time, which would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think as a fan, as a surf fan.
0: But I, yeah, I agree, except there's way too much talent now in that upper echelon yep. that I don't think it'll be a two horse race. Yeah. You
1: don't think so. You think next year it's going to be coming down to pipe and it's going to be someone other than John, John and Gabriel.
0: It will be them in addition to three other people.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: So by the way, Gabriel's uh, birthday is in three days. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. December 22nd, 93 is when he was born. So it'll be 24.
1: Okay. And John, John, I think is got to be right around there.
0: Same, right? Similar for sure. Yeah um yeah i phenomenal event i mean
1: really fun. To so watch.
0: much fun to watch
1: yeah, really fun to watch yeah yeah bravo but the wsl really shit it's incumbent upon them i think in this offseason to if they can change the rules i don't know how they do that but to really knock that stupid stuff off like it's in their hands to change it they're and, forced to now and i think they yeah you just shouldn't be able to block For blocking sake, if you're going to, if you have priority and you're going to take off on a wave and surf it, you at least have to make the effort of surfing it. And if you're in the bad spot or whatever, then you get dinged anyway. Like, I think that's the crazy thing about surfing, right? I think intention is not very hard to discern. Like, you know what any surfer is intending to do? I think by looking at them, it's not like, yeah, I just think it's obvious. I think it's very intention is very clear when it comes to surfing.
0: I agree. Um, we shouldn't overlook, by the way, the excitement of the final itself. It was good. Jeremy Flores, John John Florence. Jeremy needed an 8 7 and got to his feet with 16 seconds left yep. on the clock and gets an 8-3-3, winning over Florence by 0.7 Je- points.
1: And Jeremy deserved it, I thought. I agree. I mean, I loved I, it. I think there was some really wacky scores throughout the, throughout the day, yeah. especially uh, Gabriel's nines or Gabriel's nine. That one was absolutely bizarre. I don't remember it. It was, he got an eight. It was like some inside running, I think. backdoor? It it was a backdoor barrel. He got the eight for a runner and then a bigger one at backdoor again. But his board was never even fully behind the the wave uh, or behind the lip. And he got a 9.07, I think, which was, yeah, totally bizarre. I I mean, yeah, I don't want to kick the judges anymore, but the judges, they fucking suck.
0: I, I think there was also an earlier heat where um, it might have been around three or something. John John got a gift over Ethan Ewing. Yep, yep. Ethan needed a score at the end and it looked to me like he got it by a half sure, a point. For sure, for sure. And then they gifted it to John. And But then Gabriel was in a similar situation against, I forget who, but he got a, oh, over Josh Kirk. Yep. And he kind of got the gift as well. See,
1: that, I, I and I don't know how they're, it's the one, uh, you know, not to be negative after all this good positive talk but the judging is a real is a real genuine problem yeah. like I think when you have so many people at home like yelling and thinking what what is that then you've made a mistake right mm-hmm. like I think to say no we're the experts and ninety percent of the people who are saying that was a bad score uh, are wrong because yeah. we're the experts right like when you have that much yeah. and and it happens time and time again, I think yeah. where, they're just they've got to figure it out i don't know if they should tear the house down and figure out right how to re you know be able to rescore stuff so there's not so much i mean just the amount of subjectivity and sir so it's one there's 100% subjectivity right there's no totally. baseline anything no. if they if they want to think you know yeah this wave is an 8 and that wave is a 6 like half of them you look at them like a couple of those inside running tubes uh they were giving some guys fives and some guys guys nine on they right. were in the tube for the same amount of time the wave was the exact same big uh, or uh, you know and, and the heats were yeah, the exact same size and the heats were similar uh and like if you have a four to five point fluctuation something is really off in your in your judging
0: i've long advocated for the fact that or for the idea that the judges should be in a soundproof booth and not know the scores needed. Yeah. So in that example with Ethan Ewing, they knew Ethan needed whatever, a five, five, three or whatever. And if they gave it to him, John, John, it would threaten John, John's title race. Yep. And how could that not influence your scoring of it? And th- you're looking at the wave and you're like, uh, should he win it? Should he not win it? If he needs a 5.3 or 5.53 to win it, uh, I'll give him a 5.47. You yeah. know, like how could you not be influenced by that? Especially when all of those judges are fans of surfing, of sure. course. And you know, they're fans of John John more, yep. more likely than not. Or regardless, they have a favorite in a heat. Sure. They have a surfer that they identify with that might be from their home country that surfs like they do or whatever. Yeah. How could that not influence your judging? But the soundproofing thing, I think if they just wrote down their score for each wave and not even know what score gets, like obviously because it's averaged, so they only write down their score, not knowing what the average score that gets applied to that wave is, and go through the heat just writing down their, uh, their own version of a score, not knowing the averages, not knowing what is needed, not even knowing who's winning the heat, who's losing the heat, I think that would... A, make it a little bit more objective.
1: I think. I mean, to, why do the judges have to be there? That's what I wonder. Like, on this, on the premises. Sure. That's I a mean, good question. They should. I don't know why the judges. It would be better if they sat in their Santa Monica office, all in different offices, right? With getting fee- the same viewing experience the, that
0: you and I are getting. Exactly.
1: I mean, and you know, because I don't think that they're peeking out i mean i know they have a view obviously but i I would imagine most of the scoring comes from them watching replays right yeah uh i think so i mean i think they, they probably watch the wave and have a idea in mind of what that wave is and then watch the replay and adjust it slightly up or down sure um but still the wsl could make a feed of you know a wide angle for them and then the Close-up ones. I, I I just don't know why they have to be there.
0: I've also made the argument, I don't know why they have to judge it in real time. Yeah. Like, if they have the ability to do that, why not? You can make an initial assessment in real time, and then after the 30 minutes is up, because that's the other thing is they always go, well, the, the we're setting a scale by the first wave that gets surfed, not knowing what's going to happen for exactly. the rest of the heat. Well, that was always in place because there wasn't video review when no. that got instituted. Well, now we have video review. So why do it that way? Why not just watch all 30 minutes and then go, okay, these were John John's best two waves. These were Ethan's two waves. And then look at waves. them directly. Look at them, review them. How That's a hundred percent.
1: I totally agree. I've I've thought this for a while that they that they should surf the heat, and then after the heat, you know, within five minutes or whatever, the score comes out. And based on, yeah, you just surf the best you can. And that way, I think also for the surfers, you would just be out trying to surf as good as you could, exactly. not surfing for a score, exactly. Because you wouldn't know what your score was. It would be more entertaining for it, sure.
0: If you if. Uh, Gabriel hears that Edalo got a big score on an air. Well, Gabe's not looking for barrels anymore. He's now looking for airs. Exactly. Whereas in that scenario, you're right. You're just surfing to the best of your ability, yep. and also a bit more creatively. Yeah, I would think so. So that scenario would definitely make it a less enjoyable viewing experience from the standpoint of like the drama that's involved with the ticking time clock and all that. I mean, I think, but it, would, it, it I, could make it a more enjoyable experience. As we we're watching better surf. I think it could. And I
1: think with the thing would be also there, I think it would be really incumbent upon the announcers or, or the commentators to have really good stuff to talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. Like really go back and forth. Ooh, is that way better than, you know, let's, let's show them, you know, back to back and let's really see it. Like them trying to suss it out in the booth would be yeah. fun. Like again, while I'm going to be, I'm going to keep, I'm going to, can I keep being negative here, <laughs> David? Yeah. Uh, the commentators are God awful unlistenable all really? of them all of them did you like them if i have to hear one more time that barton lynch is the 88 world champion I know. uh they they're like all of them are broken records explaining um, somebody at on beach grit wrote a story i can't remember who which was we're not retarded you right. know to the judge right did we talk about that last time we did we might have, yeah a little bit and it's this one was this pipeline contest was so that right they're they're somehow the wsl tells the commentators hey pretend you're talking to somebody who has no idea what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody watching the webcast, not everybody. 90% of the people watching the webcast know what's happening, right? right? You don't need to explain the overlapping heats scenario 15 times. Like right. they just do it it's it's like in their heads and they just can't get it out of their heads of right. okay, we have to it's time it's time again to explain priority. It's time again to explain, you know, the barrel dynamics like getting what getting covered up by the wave actually means et cetera et cetera where i mean who who do you i don't know who they they have no idea who's watching this stuff it seems or they just think it's yeah or they're just
0: like you said there's not enough pre-produced topics that they just rely back on that to fill the dead air
1: i feel i feel bad but at the end of it i like joe trapel's voice had you know watching a full two days of it basically Joe Trapel's voice. If I never have to hear Joe, Tra- Joe Trapel again, it'll be too soon. It's just the the like such shallow mumbling or he doesn't mumble, he speaks clearly and well, but just the no information ever between him and Potts, it's the most vacuous time. Like nothing gets said. Right. Absolutely nothing gets said.
0: And with very little uh, enthusiasm no, as well. Yeah. Like Joe Turpel could see the gnarliest thing. Well, we've talked about the sure, shark attack.
1: Sure. And he's Absolutely. just like... Ooh, jumping on the ski and resetting. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that as the WSL continues, I think to evaluate their product, I think the rules are a major thing. The judging is a major thing. And the the most major thing, I honestly think, is the commentator team. Mm. Like, I think it's. I think they should tear it down and build it back up. I think they know now who's functional you know i think ronnie does a totally fine job as a straight man uh trapel i just uh, god bless him i just think is too dumb i think that he's not he doesn't have enough critical thinking skill to you know say anything ever interesting yeah i mean it's just going to be bland recap and maybe they could have a feed a whole separate feed why not this is the future right a separate feed for hey if you've never watched professional surfing before he, we have a feed for you. And mm-hmm. that's Joe Trapel <laughs> and Potts saying nothing, you know, for yeah. 30 minutes at a time. But bringing any kind of, I mean, I wrote about it about, you know, the, did you see the gambling thing on Beach Creek yesterday? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Strider and and Kaipo had theoretically made a bet uh, that Kelly knew about. Kaipo totally tried to backpedal from it, which was awesome because betting you're betting beers on the outcome of the events is essentially why Duma and snake were fired. Right. Uh, so um, Kelly brought ago. it
0: up to Kaipo in the post heat interview. Yep. I looked for the video after you posted that and I couldn't find I it.
1: I have a video, but it's off somebody's TV and uh, I didn't okay. want to post it because it would give the person person away. But yeah, I'll show it to you okay. afterwards.
0: Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we've solved the judging problem for him, put yep. him in a soundproof booth off site and, and score it after the, scored after the, after, the after 30 the minutes. Yeah. And then pitch to Chaz and I sitting in the Santa Monica offices, drinking, uh, margaritas. And we'll give you guys the, the recap with 30, the 92nd, two minute long recap. How good. Would it be? Pitch to us in the studio. Yep. Be like, Gabriel's such an asshole. Yeah. And I love the fact that J flow called him out on the podium afterwards. So good, good on J flow. Yep. Like keep fighting the good fight. J flow. Uh. You know, that's good. what we should be doing. Yeah, and the
1: judging—I don't know how you solve that. Oh yeah, we we solved it. Yeah, wrong. I'm sorry, judging is done. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. All right. So qualify. Oh, by the way, I think this final in all the history of all of surfing since the beginning of competitive surfing, this final had two finalists with the most similar names.
1: Yeah, Jeremy Flores, John John Florence.
0: Florence and Flores.
1: Yeah. It's really hard.
0: Interesting, right? Yeah,
1: it was good. It was good. I
0: found myself. I was talking uh, about the final with somebody last night, and I was like, "Florence Flores, Florence Flores," and it was. I realized I was like, "Whoa, is yeah. it just a? Sp- is Flores a Spanish version of the Florence Italian? Is Ita- Is Florence Italian, and Flores the Spanish? Like, but
1: except, it's f- a good question. Florence is Firenze, right? In Italy. Yeah, and of- I think
0: Flores might be flower.
1: Yeah. Flores is Flowers. Okay. Jeremy Flowers. Jeremy Flowers is a good name. He should go by Jeremy Flowers. Yeah.
0: Ooh, I like I'm gonna, it. I'm going to start
1: calling him Jeremy Flowers. <laughs>
0: but weird, right? Yeah, Florence totally. Flores. And yeah, how come his, nobody mention that?
1: And it's J Flow and JJ Flow, too. Exactly.
0: I mean, yeah, they have the same even. That's right. Nickname. There's also the J there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder what their middle names are. Yeah. We'll have to get to know uh, that. Qualified for 2018 Griffin Colapinto, Jesse Mendez, Wade Carmichael, Tomas Hermes, Yago Dora, William Cardoso, michael rodriguez and it uh keanu was saying and it looks like patrick godowskis got in because of some double qualifiers I saw, that. I saw that that's official then
1: i think so or the list that i was sent okay P- pat gudang was on there so i think it seemed official though yeah. i don't
0: know well, uh you said previously tomas hermes is your new he's
1: my new favorite why just because his name is hermes oh okay. yeah <laughs> i feel he's a <laughs> i didn't realize and that he looks like a fancy man so yeah yeah, yeah
0: that's okay fine. uh Yago Dora, is it unfortunate that his name is Dora? Like, can there be two important Doras in surfing?
1: I mean, the fact that his first name is Yago, he's got an, like, Yago Dora together is an epic name. And so I think that uh, I never even think of Mickey Mickey Dora when I think of Yago Dora. Just because Yago Dora, I never say,
0: I never call him Dora, right? He's he's Yago Dora. He averted disaster By by having an epic first name. Good point. Yeah. See, because I always thought, like, there can never be another Kelly no. in surfing, or if there is, you're just going to kind of, there's no way you can live up to the original no. Kelly.
1: The, the bummer is all the people who name their son Taj after Taj Burrow, because one of those kids is going to eventually make, there's going to be another Taj that comes up into pro surfing. And then that kid is going to have to, that'll be embarrassing for that kid.
0: He'll never be able to live. He'll no. always be in the shadow. Unless he wins a title. He won't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you. he'll be allowed to. Because he'll always be in the shadow. Like, how do you step out of the shadow? Yeah. It really puts a limitation on your own ability trying to always fight that, you yep. know, throughout your life. So don't name your kid, Kelly. Honestly, I feel bad for Dane Godowskis for this exact reason is Dane. He's fighting Dane Reynolds yep. shadow and the Godowskis shadow. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's got he, two shadows. Yeah. He's just screwed. Yeah. And so Dora, I was always concerned about him, but you're right. Yago's strong enough to stand alone.
1: And you, cause you never call him Dora. It's always Yagodoro. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Okay. How do you feel about this idea of Keanu Singh and Patrick gadowski's re-qualifying after legitimately losing their spots I don't, on tour? I don't like it.
1: I don't like it either. See, it's like I was going to say, when I saw the list, the first thing that, of the, the official, these are people who qualified who are in. It feels like the workman surf league. Like everybody, exactly. it's real workman like. it's the guys who go and on the QS and can and those guys will fall off. There's going to be no surprises. I mean, Patrick because uh, I think, surfs really well. And I think he could surprise everybody by getting up to the middle. Uh, but th- there's no stars right. uh, in that list. There's no. St- I Yago could be a star. Yago is the only one I think coming in that could be a star.
0: You don't think Griff? Griff oh, I'm sorry,
1: uh, Griffin. Yeah, Griffin. I guess could be. Um, yeah, for sure, Griffin. Wade Carmichael. No, I know you like him, yeah. but Wade Carmichael is going to be a workman put workman like equal fifths. You know when he's lucky.
0: So I think, I think it's important for me to distinguish between the workman thing versus the guy who fell off tour four years ago and then worked their way back up to it. So. Which, by the way, William Cardoso is in that camp, too. He I was know, on tour for a year. I know. So I'm, I'm going to kind of classify Wade Carmichael as separate than those sure. guys. I think it's Wade's turn. I love Patrick Godowska's surfing. And like whenever he's in an event, I'm excited to watch him. But I I agree with you. It's not super exciting. No. It's not going to revolutionize our sport in the no. way that... I don't know. Like you said, Griff has the potential to, and, and Keanu
1: was saying too. I mean, the kid, the kid won a stinking, what did he win? Mar- France, France. He won France, you know, obviously I don't doubt his surfing ability, but I've already seen it. I've I seen know. the show I've once seen, exactly. and I don't want to go. I did not want to get another ticket to that, to that movie.
0: That's the best way to put it. I've already seen it.
1: Yeah. There's, I, uh, there's going to be no surprises, yeah. No, like, Tomas Hermes, my new favorite surfer, he may surprise everyone, right? He could. He he might be the rookie of the year. He
0: won't, but he could.
1: (laughs) I'm hoping. Tomas, I'm cheering for you.
0: My question mark with Griff is like he has undeniable talent, right? And the criticism I've given in the past is maybe it's too much too soon. Like he's been kind of his path has been paved and he's well paid, blah, blah, blah. But my real question mark for him is, He looks like a little kid. When they interviewed him, he won the Rookie of the Year. Or Rookie of the Triple Crown. Van's Triple Crown, Rookie. Um, I
1: thought he won the Triple Crown.
0: Oh, is that what it was? He did. He won the Triple Crown. My mistake. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That's good. It's good (laughs) that he also won the Triple Crown Rookie. Uh,
0: Congratulations, Griffin, on all your accomplishments this year. (laughs) And I do like him, and I love his surfing. But they go to interview him. He's a kid. It looks like a little kid. And it's like, dude. How is that going to hold up on tour? Like, is your sheer ability enough to get through? And based on Ethan Ewing and a lot of other examples that came, Chloe Andino, all these other examples that came before him, sheer ability isn't enough. No. Um, so I'm really interested to watch, See, and exactly. I love his
1: surfing. Un- unlike the Goda- Patrick Godowskis and Keanu saying, I think that the key there is really interesting or interested to watch. Yeah. Like. Totally yeah i will be i will be actively tuning out for keanu (laughs) singh time for lunch yeah
0: (laughs) i like there was one of my favorite might have been a comment on beach grit years ago or it might have been like a tweet but it was like um oh ace buckens up in the next heat or as we like to call it in australia lunchtime (laughs) oh
1: yeah amazing yeah (laughs) solid real good
0: um all right Just a quick side note that's worth just acknowledging. Carissa Moore got married.
1: Oh, I saw that.
0: Yeah, congratulations to Carissa and her high school sweetheart, Luke. What does Luke do? Um, I'm not sure. Was Luke a teacher? No idea. Hmm. But they've been together for a long time, and like she's been documenting their uh, long-term relationship on Instagram, so I was glad to see that. I always have the question mark where it's like, can you do – as Matt Warshaw said, multiple things successfully at the same time. Yep. Can you be a great spouse and married successfully and chase your world title? I know you can be a pro surfer and travel on tour successfully, but win a world title. Sure. Like that level of dedication. Can you do that successfully while managing family?
1: Sure. I mean, I reckon you can. If, if uh, Luke is like along for the ride and or holding it down at home or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the spouse in that case, being supportive, like knowing what you're getting into and being supportive as opposed to, I got my dreams too, baby. Right. Like, or if, you know, Luke can quietly do his dreams, you know, or yeah, I don't know. I, I think you can completely, but it depends on the spouse being flexible.
0: Yeah. I yeah. I, I still question it. Like if you just take statistics, like look at all the world title winners, what position were they in, in their life? And I feel like, Again, you can get second, you can get fifth, but that level of dedication to the title, I feel like takes a real singular focus. Tell
1: you what, though, I'm working on a movie right now called Trouble, the Lisa Anderson story. She was the most phenomenal by far heads and shoulders above her female competition uh, by far, never even like barely kept barely requalifying until she had a baby. And once she had a baby, that very next year she won, she won her first title, first of three
0: excellent yeah,
1: information so, yep so it took her and she talks about in the film which everybody will see beautiful tear-jerking moment where she talks about uh, how it was Erica her daughter having Erica made her win basically amazing like it, it cleaned out all the noise right and she had this crazy focus on surfing when she had because it was you know brief windows then because she was taking care of a child right. and traveling around the world with this child but that allowed her you know newborn baby she literally won uh, the title the year Erica was born.
0: Fantastic! Yep. I'm glad to know that. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
1: and she and so I, I could see though with Carissa, like not that Chris is a, was ever a party animal or anything like that, no, but no. how everything you can kind of really focus in. You're married now, right? You have your husband, whether he travels with you or not on tour or to all the stops or not. I could see how you could be really, you know, focused in. I don't know though, maybe with the men who Colohe's getting married, right? Yeah. See, and so Kalohe... I think this, you know, not that again, I don't think Chloe is a, a party guy, but having your wife, you know, maybe allows him to really knuckle down and focus in, you know, I'm married. I'm a family man. Now it's really time to get to work. It's yeah. time to.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I, is Freestone on tour again? Did he make it or did, I don't he, did he drop think, off? I don't he think he made it.
1: Cause that's a bummer because he just had a kid. So right. that would be the Lisa Anderson principle it would mm-hmm. be interesting to watch with him. If new father, gotta be focused gotta be serious because freestone's an incredibly talented surfer too who just fails on the on the competitive scene
0: has not lived up to the hype um or to his ability we can still see him play that scenario out on the qs sure he might win the qs next year that's awesome as a result <laughs> um i asked dave Parmenter about his relationship with lisa yeah on air yeah what did you say well like here's the deal quiet? here's the deal Parmenter, um he's an interesting guy sure and anytime I've ever published anything with him, the feedback online is real polarized. Oh, really? People are like, oh, that guy is uh, so arrogant or so mm. pretentious or whatever. And then other people are like, I love that guy. And he's are, he's super smart. Yep. And I, he has a lot of insight into board design and surf history and all that sort of stuff. So I've always ignored the negative commentary when I've spent time with him and just focused on, you know, the design related stuff. But I called him out on it. I was like, hey, dude, um, you got to know that the internet, half of them think that you're a curmudgeon is what it is really is. And so um, he didn't really love that question. And then I was like... (laughs) Well, what about people want to know about your relationship with Lisa Anderson? And you know, they're making a documentary about her. Did anybody reach out to you to talk about it? Hell no. And he was like, nobody reached out to me. And I'm like, what are your thoughts on it? Do you have thoughts on your relationship with her? I read in the tabloids of that time, like that it was kind of tumultuous. He's like, I don't really talk about that stuff. I'm like, yeah, but people want to know. He's like, yeah, I don't talk about it. Oops,
1: sorry, Dave. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, well, it's, it's going to be in a movie, Dave. Your relationship, with Lisa. Her version is going to be in the movie. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, no. Uh, thankfully. They filmed like they were addicted to filming. And so oh, I didn't it's, know that. it's their version. I mean, really, I mean, yeah. you know, she, she explains it, but you see it all like in okay. real time.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yep. I'm curious to see it. And like Dave um, has enough respect for like me, what I'm doing as the interviewer to sure. where like, he's cool. He doesn't mind that I asked him, sure. but um, and also honestly, his deflection was a great response. Yeah. It was like, cool, dude. Don't answer.
1: Yeah. Don't. Well, you're going to see, everybody's going to get to see Dave and Lisa's relationship. It was was super cute.
0: Do we have um, any timeline on
1: when that will be released soon? uh, We're rounding the band kind of on finishing it up right now. So it's,
0: it's still in post production though. Oh
1: yeah. It's still in, in production. Got it. Yeah. It's not even in post yet.
0: So timeline on release date.
1: Uh, I don't know because it depends on if we're going to do the festival circuit or yeah, I gotta, I gotta figure that out.
0: Will it be 2018?
1: Oh, definitely 2000. It'll be early 2018. Oh, okay. I mean, there'll there'll be a screener for like an industry screener thing at some point. Okay. Like in January or February. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Um, Speaking of 2018, let's do a moment of reflection. Let's do it. Reflect on 2017. Look into 2018, how we can improve the podcast, how we can improve Beach Grit, all that sort of stuff. What I would like to see from Beach Grit. Yeah. This will give you a list of articles to do throughout the end of the year. Give me the top five articles of 2017 in terms of like the most views. Okay. I would love to see the most upvoted comments of the year. That's a good one. I would love to see the most searched terms of the year. Okay. Remember one year, I don't know. I don't think you did it at the end of the year, but it was just like mid year. And the most searched thing was like John, John being gay yeah. or something yeah. like the most Google searched thing that landed That'd, on your website. Yep, I that think gets it gets you was.
1: to beach. There's, I just had one yesterday that was Rasta sex. R A S T A. Sex. sex. Rasta- what does that sex? even mean? I don't know if it was like Rostovich or Rastafarian. Yeah. So I don't know. I couldn't ask the person because it's just somebody landed there. Googling Amazing. Googling sex. <laughs>
0: Amazing. <Yeah>. So <laughs> let's get that. Let's get the most clicked banner out of the year maybe. Yep. Um, will you have video in 2018? We should. I think you should.
1: You know what's happening in 2018? This what? is an exciting development. Yes. I don't know. It, it kind of was released yesterday. Uh, the information but kind of buried which uh 2018 is going to be see beach grit as the home your home for surf betting we partnered with palmer bets in australia so yeah there's going to be a whole uh betting side to beach grit now
0: betting on strictly competitive surfing competitive or surfing death pool, when uh, people will break up. We, we should add that kind of stuff. We should add, that we'll, would be we'll, more beach.
1: We'll Crit. talk to Palmer betting about, about adding that kind of stuff in there. I would love that okay, sort of stuff. Definitely. We'll do that too. But yeah, at least on the launch like the, you'll be able to go to beach grit. And I think if you're in the United States, you're gonna have to throw your, whatever it is, your IP, IP somewhere else yeah. or to Australia or whatever. But, um, yeah, betting on surfing real betting
0: i'm excited about that that is awesome it's good um i i think there's i feel like there's times where i want have wanted beach grit to be more like tmz yeah like and there's times where you have been and then maybe you veered away from it intentionally or unintentionally i don't know but in terms of doing like death pool betting and stuff like that um i want you guys to report on who's banging who and like who's what you know, whatever, who's broken up, like all that sponsor gossip, things like that. I would love okay, for you guys to be my go-to source for that. Sort we'll, of thing. we'll do a better job. Is there a reason why you don't or have you veered away from it intentionally?
1: Um, in, it's funny, it's it doesn't get a lot of views, that kind of stuff. like the, oh, okay, the real insidey uh, surf industry banter stuff is yeah i think people are generally i mean you know maybe we'll try it again but in the past it's it's been our you know not well read stuff okay
0: yeah. well, that that's good to know then maybe yeah. my desire for it is unwarranted i think
1: it's i think it's just really a a small circle no all the pieces you know to to have stuff like that be interesting yeah whereas i think most people you know you have to really be kind of a surf industry nerd
0: to i don't know so the reason i bring it up is actually that exact thing is i've gotten literally four direct messages in the last month or two with people asking what's up with Kalani Miller and Kelly Slater. Mm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What's up? They go, Oh, well Kalani hasn't posted anything on Instagram since October 13th. And I'm like, First of all, how do you know that information? Like you just realized that you hadn't seen a bikini shot of Kalani Miller. So you went and like creeped her Instagram account Yeah, and then like, oh no, but also Kelly Slater hasn't posted anything with Kalani in that amount of time. And he's been to Florida and he's been to California. Now he's in Hawaii and I haven't seen Kalani in Hawaii. And I'm just like, dude, first of all, you're way too into this conspiracy theory. And then secondly, I'm super intrigued. So tell me more.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and I have no idea. And I actually heard one of the co- WSL comment commenters say that like Kelly was in the yard with or Kalani. Kalani was in the yard with Kelly at John John's house yesterday. So it could have deflated the entire conspiracy theory, but there was a part of me that was intrigued. More importantly, I was shocked that four people
1: individually hit you up on the client. Asked me for the Kelly insight. Thing. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, Yeah. You know, I would love to have a, if somebody wants out there, wants to do that kind of stuff. There you go. Give me a call because okay. I would love to, to have that on offer at BeachGrid. Um, yeah, maybe I'm just not the one to write it.
0: Well, I mean, so that's the thing is there's too many different things to chase down to yeah. do for you and Derek to do it by yourselves. Um, so it's prioritizing which ones are the most important and then executing. So for in regard to the podcast, um, when you and I started doing this together... You weren't really listening to any podcasts or I you said it. that you had listened to S-Town. Yep. That was it. And you didn't really love it or yeah. the ending left you yeah. wanting. Yeah. I had not listened, but I have since listened to S-Town. Did you love it? I loved it. Dude.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. It's right? so fascinating. It's totally incredible.
0: That guy, yeah. I forget his name, John McLemore, yeah. I think, was such a fascinating figure.
1: I mean, it's amazing, right? A compelling figure. Yep. I, it seems like a once in a lifetime kind of find to find somebody like that who's so, who nobody knows. Obviously he's a, I mean, he was just a normal civilian, um, but have him be that fascinating. And then, so good. yeah, won't spoil
0: it. Have you listened, have you started listening to podcasts now that you are officially a podcaster? I haven't, I haven't. I okay.
1: listened to this one, Some you and the one we do. I, n- I had never listened to this one either up until probably a month ago. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I started listening to pieces to find find stuff to write on for Beach Crit. And I thought, oh, some of it's not too bad.
0: Did you find it to be, um, did it inform your experience as a podcaster moving forward? Kind of listening and reflecting, going, oh, I should be doing this or a that? A little bit. I
1: mean, okay. I, I realized that, yeah, when I stumble over words or talk too long, things like that, that it gets annoying. Yeah. So. Try to keep stuff shorter, even though I have not succeeded today. I've really gone on some, some um, long tangents.
0: One podcast I want to recommend to you if you liked S-Town or just kind of something similar to that was it's called Dirty John. Okay. Oh, my God, dude. This is it's so good. It's also a six part series. Okay. It was made by the L.A. Times. They wrote an article about a guy. Uh, it's a true story. The scum of the earth. Dirty like, John. Dirty John. Okay. Okay. Now, here's why the story is relevant to me. Um, Spoiler alert. But he ends up getting killed. Okay. My girlfriend saw him get killed. Really? Yes. How's that? Her voice is the 911 call in the final episode of the season. Did you know? Yes. Because at some point she mentioned to me that she had witnessed this horrific scenario. Like a
1: grisly murder.
0: Yeah. Six months ago. And I was like... Oh like was it God. was
1: it a gun or a knife or
0: it's a stabbing? Okay, he gets stabbed in the eye. Wow, he gets stabbed. Like this guy had it coming. Sure. Like in if you've ever thought a horrific murder like that was justifiable, this is the version of wow. that. And even the sheriff, the Orange County sheriff, and people who um, had dealt with him say on the podcast, they're like, "This was the single scariest man I've ever met in my life."
1: Oh, I'm excited. This guy this is podcast, pure
0: now. evil. And he ends up taking full advantage of this woman and gets married to her and like bleeds her dry and her kids kind of retaliate against him and he threatens the kids' lives and all that sort of stuff. And ultimately in the end, he picks on the meekest, mildest, five foot tall, hundred pound girl and he's going to kidnap her and she ends up getting the knife from him and killing it
1: that's pretty and how did your so, how did your girlfriend, my girlfriend was
0: she's in newport beach she's leaving work and she hears screaming so her and another guy who happened to be nearby run to the scene of this screaming and it's this little girl pushing this guy off of her and he's bleeding out everywhere because and my girlfriend's like dude the guy he was stabbed in the eye i didn't know if he was going to live or not the ambulance came and um didn't leave immediately. They put him in the ambulance, and I thought they're going to like bolt it to the hospital, and they didn't.
1: They just sat there with him.
0: So, and at the time, my girlfriend didn't know who the guy was. She's sure. like, I don't know if he was a bad guy or a good guy or what the scenario was, but I gave my report, and like, I'm the one that made the 911 call. That is totally epic. Six months later, she's like, Oh my God, I found out more information about that murder. The LA Times wrote a six piece, six days, six articles. Beginning, middle, and end of this event, and also produced a podcast for it. Wow. And so we were like going to Zion and we like listened to the whole thing from beginning to end, and we got to the final episode, and her voice came on. It was like, did you guys laugh? We were dying. Yeah. Yeah, we being, were laughing.
1: Being podcast famous, I reckon, would be pretty good. Totally. Yeah. Because
0: this is a hugely famous sure. podcast now. But it was traumatic. Like honestly, me just explaining it to you right now, I'm kinda traumatized by Was she traumatized? Yeah. I mean Did she have she, to
1: go to counseling and stuff? No,
0: she's like shockingly stoic. Yeah. And is less traumatized by it than I would expect her so to be. She's just
1: like, Yeah, guy got stabbed in the eyes, bled out all over this little girl. Shit kind happens.
0: of kind yeah. of she had processed it enough by the time that she delivered it to me that like it wasn't a traumatic traumatic for her but then re-listening to the episode was i think a little bit sure re-traumatizing but uh she got pulled over for speeding 10 minutes afterwards oh
1: amazing <laughs> so
0: it was like we wanted to tell the cop like hey no the reason why is we were just like Love out it. of it yeah you know and like Whatever, it's a long, sordid story that I just gave you, but phenomenal listening. Okay. Dirty
1: John, I'm in. I'm in. Thank you. Yeah, That's yeah, good.
0: Yeah, like it is my favorite podcast I've listened to in a while. That's
1: perfect because I'm driving to uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming for Christmas, so this is going to be.
0: That's yeah, six anxiety. hours of listening That's right there. Fantastic. Yeah, and um, in the way that like the guy from S Town was compelling, this Dirty John character is super. And then the woman who he took advantage of and her mother are. F- fascinating figures just complete enablers oh yeah you know and then like she is but then you hear her mom and how her mom treated her it's like oh my god obviously okay that's why she's the way she is because her mom you know
1: dirty john that should be john john florence's new nickname too dirty john
0: i I think we go dirty gabe yeah dirty
1: gabe doesn't have the ring though dirty john sounds good it
0: does yeah it does uh so that's my podcast listening recommendation what another thing i was going to ask you is like I've considered with this podcast adding video. Uh um, There's a couple of different ways I've considered it. Like Joe Rogan does basically three stagnant camera angles in the room, like one wide shot and then one on each of him and the person that he's interviewing. And they just cut between those. It's not the AUK cast where they're cutting to surf footage or anything like that. It's just giving people an additional platform to listen to and to see what the people look like. I never wanted to do it because I feel like it kind of undercuts the value of the podcast platform. However, people ask for it and people seem to like it. Do you have any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, people don't need to see me at all. But if that's (laughs) what the the people want, then sure. I'm not against anything, to be honest. Okay. Yeah.
0: I I, I think I will implement that. I think logistically, there's just a couple minor hurdles, but I'm down to do it. The other thing is just doing like ancillary segments. Like We could actually this would not undercut the show this would actually elevate the show if we did like a youtube follow-up episode that was three minutes long of you reading the comments section oh. like pick the most hateful comments about you and i and then just a video of you reading them that would be good like how you know late night shows do read angry angry tweets sure, or sure. something like that yeah that
1: could be funny i would i would like that
0: it would be funny and then it would again get people to write more angry comments the next time, which yep. makes that funnier. And then also get people to listen to the show. What are these people commenting about? It
1: builds on the funny. Speaking of real quick, building on the funny, did yeah. you listen to stabs new podcast, the drop? I did not. There's, they have three episodes. They I did know. like, they,
0: they have a fourth actually. Oh, really? They haven't advertised the fourth, but if you go to their SoundCloud page, there's a fourth.
1: Is, and they just do them. How do they do them so quickly? They do them every day or something.
0: Well, because they're in, everybody's in Hawaii right now. So they just gang taped a bunch of them. So they just got... How long are they? An hour to hour and a half. Okay. Yeah, so first one was with... the way that the format currently is is Shane Dorian and Nathan Webster are hosting, they're co-hosting and interviewing individuals. The first one was Kahloe Andino, second one was Ronnie Blakey, third one Jake Patterson. Fourth one looks like a freestyle episode where they're just riffing on the wave pool, the pipe masters, all that sort of stuff. I haven't listened to any, not because I don't want to. It's just I've been listening to Dirty John and other yeah. podcasts. I, I'm like don't have enough time. I will get to it. Um they're, that that format is not sustainable, obviously. Nathan Webster and Shane Dorian live in different countries, so they're not going to be able to sustain that. The Skyping thing never really works, so they shouldn't try to pursue that. I don't know if they have an alternative format that they're going to pursue moving forward that is sustainable.
1: I mean, is this just season one? Like, Maybe. Are they going to do like season one of The Drop is six episodes?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I'll get to the bottom. I'm going to talk to Ashton uh, coming up here soon. Hmm. And so I'll I'll get to the bottom of it and figure it out. I, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Oh, I don't know. It seemed uh, I listened to part of one. It seems fine enough. Yeah. Like you know, it's to, Shane and Noodles. I think are interesting characters, and I think that you know they have. I don't know. Right?
0: Yeah. It's okay. No, I agree. I think I think it always there's a sussing out process or a learning curve anyway with any hosting or any just new platform period. So like Shane Dorian and Nathan will need to figure out, they'll just need 10 episodes sure. of Runway to, to figure out. out their dynamic.
1: I don't think Ashton's having fun. I texted him over the, over or last week. Not having fun to, with what? Just with anything.
0: Oh really? Yeah. In like, life?
1: I don't know. I huh. said like I had dropped some other bomb on Stab and said, come on, take the bait or something. I've, like at some point here, just don't be such a fucking pussy. And he responded a couple of days later, like, I'm so busy, to too busy to, whatever. Like, and I was like, it doesn't sound like you're having fun. And he, again, a couple of days later, said like talked about how busy he was. And I was thinking, wow, if you're, if you're not having fun working for a surf thing, yeah. then you should quit.
0: For an irreverent surf thing. I mean, that it's that not a stab. Right? Let's
1: be honest. Stab is not irreverent at all anymore. Okay. Stab is rever- <laughs> reverent.
0: Uh, they posted an article about pro surfers, hottest girlfriends. That's irreverent, you know, no, no, I mean, I mean, it's sweet. not original Yeah, <laughs> we've done it and it's not original when we did it, but it's not, I would, I would call it irreverent. irreverent? Mm. I wouldn't call it reverent.
1: They had a, they had, uh, I think
0: the,
1: the stab had a house out on the North shore this year for I how many, so they had the entire crew out there for how many people they had out there. Uh, it was a, yeah, it seemed like an oddly small and lackluster amount of stuff yeah. that they produce.
0: I'm curious, um, when you said, are you having fun, is it in reference to you picking fights with them? And, hey, you're not having fun with these fighting scenarios? No, or just, just you're not having fun in general?
1: I mean, maybe that's how he took it. I, oh, meant, okay. I meant, are you having fun in general? And the way he responded seemed pretty general. It was Got like, it. I'm, I'm so busy. and. Yeah, it just made me. It made me feel sorry for poor Ashton and all the poor people at
0: stabbed. The article you did post about them recently was about um, Macintosh. Oh, yeah. telling yeah, advertisers yeah, yeah. to put a leash on you. Yeah,
1: Fucking that's funny. Macintosh. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> It was a good one.
0: I loved that article. It was good. It, was, it it's not, fun, not only because of the content, but like I thought it was well written.
1: Oh, really? So I should yeah. go back and reread it. Go Thanks back for.
0: and reread it because okay. there's times where I'll skim just to find like the gist. And that one, I was like, I read every single line because oh, it kept good. me engaged. Okay. Well, um, do you want to recap that or just move on?
1: Uh, I mean, I think it's—is uh, it exciting enough? I don't know. It's pretty boring. It, okay. Right. I the mean, gossipy part is fun. I mean, I'm happy. I'm ha- yeah. Sam well, Magintosh. I guess
0: the reason why it's interesting to me is like. This industry is still small enough and insular Completely. enough to where like a couple of advertisers kind of rule it and spend their money how... Where they spend their money matters and they feel like they can dictate your comment, your content by threatening a different media yeah. outlet with withholding advertising dollars. Yeah, That's what's interesting. Yeah,
1: funny. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if Sam thinks the industry... I mean, he knows the industry's four people big. I don't know if he thinks that i you know don't find out what he's doing but i I warned him privately before not to do it anymore and he continued to do it so that's why what did he do public i mean he just goes to advertisers and says you know you've got to pull out of beach grit you can't advertise with beach grit and if you continue with beach grit then you know back when that was part of surf stitch for example one of our advertisers he said uh you're on beach grit you're out of surf stitch entirely like and you know that Back then, I think people thought Surf Stitch was actually going to be something. So, you know, we lost an advertiser there, which is illegal in the United States to do. It's called tortious interference. I warned Sam, he didn't listen. So I had to warn him publicly. And if he continues not to listen, then it's game on every day.
0: Can uh, Beatrit survive without those few big surf industry sure. advertisers? I mean,
1: and we've never aimed, that's not our, that's not our goal to get, you know, big. Advertisers, I don't want to look like stab, right? I don't want to have the page wrapped with summer bright beer with hideous advertorial. Uh, I like what beach grid is. And I think that there's, um, I think we have a great audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that the sponsors or advertisers who want to reach that audience, you know, that's what we're there for. We're not, I don't feel we're competing with stab at all for, for the same eyeballs. Um, I don't think there's any competition full stop. I think that if everybody's doing good content, it's good for everybody um i wish stab would just do better content yeah so but yeah and then also just leave us alone like or if you want to if you want to snipe then do it publicly don't go and do like play dirty pool behind the behind the scenes
0: yeah all right well uh chas coming into the 90 minute mark let's wrap up 2017 with the final barrel or not nah segment Perfect. of the year hiding purchases from your wife barrel or not nah.
1: I'm gonna say barrel, I guess.
0: You're down for hiding
1: purchases. Yeah, I mean you have to, right? Oh, oh, hiding purchases not like Christmas presents.
0: Not Christmas presents. Oh, hiding I your, could see hiding, why you thought that.
1: Hiding stuff for yourself.
0: This came from the comment section on Beach Grip from an article that you wrote. Um, geez, it might have been your like soliloquy about the first surfboard mm. that you had, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That was an article. Yeah. Um, Derek and Chaz Michael Michaels got into it in the comments section. I think Derek was saying like he bought a board without telling. Is he married? He's not. Okay. Was well, some no. somebody no. said some? Maybe it was Chaz saying, "Oh, that's what it was." It was Chaz saying he bought a Tomo, a Tomo, um, and kept it in his car so his wife wouldn't know about it. Oh yeah. And like then finally surfed it and like it was a whole ordeal. And then Derek chimed in and said oh man you have to hide purchases from mm. your wife that seems super petty and then Chaz was like yeah of course you do that's what you do in a marriage you have to hide purchases interesting
1: yeah yeah i'm gonna say uh you know i'm gonna go as much as i like Chaz michael michaels i'm gonna go with, with derek then on the nah it's if you if you if you're an adult man hiding things purchases from your wife then like if you if you don't believe in it strongly enough to say hey this is what i need or right. this is what i'm getting then i'm gonna go nah you?
0: Full transparency then in the spousal relationship. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think um, if you're hiding things like that, it's indicative of a bigger problem.
1: Sure. And I think, I think half of it too, is just hiding boring stuff, right? Like, I mean, or it's not necessarily hiding, but like, I mean, so I'm sorry. I believe in full transparency unless the thing is boring. Like if I'm going to bore my wife with yeah. buying something and Hey, guess what I bought today? Like, I don't believe in full transparency that way of like boring the other person to death. Of course. Uh, But in terms of like any, if she wants to know anything, sure.
0: This seems to be though, I'm hiding it because she'll get mad at me if she knows I I bought another surfboard. Yeah. So if you're hiding it for that, I think again, indicative of a bigger problem where like you guys don't have a full understanding of your finances, what's acceptable to what's you know surplus budget or... She doesn't agree with your ideology of surfing's important to you, so yep. that's a bigger problem yep. or whatever.
1: Or yeah, doesn't understand that you need more than one board to surf. Yeah. That's important.
0: Totally. That was everyone. Derek's point.
1: Yeah. Everybody <laughs> needs more than one board. Yeah. All
0: right. So nah, do not hide purchases from your wife. Nope. And I would say take it a step further and dig in with communication and understand why you would want to do that and secondly why she would want to prevent you from doing that and address that problem. Yep. So smart. All right. Um, barrel or nah, thanking God when you win something.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, um, you know, it's just become cliche. So I'm going to say, no, nah. I'm not going to say on the sentiment that's totally fine and great, but I'm going to say it's just, a it's, which is why I thought it was funny when Gabriel took it. One, I don't know if he knew what he was saying in English exactly by saying God is on his side. Uh, but it was really, really funny. So I, I'm going to barrel him, but everyone else gets an naw.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess it's cliche for rappers and for Brazilian surfers to do it. I don't yep. know that it's cliche for, for everybody a, to do I mean, but I it. I I don't see a lot of Oscar winners like win best actor that's true. and I'll, then go up and do it. But there's,
1: a, you know, in sports, I think it's pretty yeah. cliche. Like tennis, yeah. you know, football, soccer. Like I think it's a, you know, I just like to thank God, sort of boxing. Yeah.
0: You know how it always made me feel? is certainly with the instance of rappers like well the song that you just won the grammy for you're talking about like slapping bitches and hoes and like doing coke off prostitutes you know like so is that does that fit in also with your religious ideology or then with gabriel medina like his tactical kind of no holds barred yeah. surfing thing. Does That's that fit wants. in with your religion? Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying it doesn't, but does it? Yeah. That's it a might. question. Yeah. And then further, you're, thank, you're saying God is on your side when you win. Well, what does that say about God that you lost your next heat?
1: Or what does it say about God versus the other guy? Like, right? Yeah. So God does not like theoretically John yeah, John.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's
1: a pretty big claim.
0: It brings up a lot of interesting yep. points.
1: It's a big claim. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when it's not cliché. So I again, I liked it when Gabriel said it because I truly believe that Gabriel believes that God is on his side, right?
0: Yeah, but you also implied that his God was a Christian God. Sure. Do we know that?
1: I do. Believe, I think he is. I think as it's far a, it's as it's a, I a know, fair assumption. It, I think I think that Gabriel's like yeah, evangelically from what I've from what I've assessed. I don't know. I don't know for a fact.
0: I don't either. So and so we'll it's it's, it's a fair presumption culturally. Um, I mean, the only things he'd be,
1: let's be frank, is he's either Protestant or Catholic, right? It's yeah. one of those two. Yeah. He's not, he ain't talking about Yahweh or or uh, Allah.
0: No, there. but it's fun to think that he could be. I mean, maybe. Like he might have some in crazy religion that we haven't even conceived of. Okay, that,
1: I'll get to the bottom. Yeah. I would like to get to the bottom of Gabriel Medina's religion.
0: What if he believes a religion that justifies the tactical... Uh, Maneuvers that he's putting on in the heat. So I'm saying, hey, this doesn't conform with Christianity, your your actions, but maybe it perfectly conforms
1: with his religion, with the God
0: that he is thanking. Could be, and it is on his side. Yep. All right, we'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, Next year, 2018, we'll come back with that information. (laughs) Um, This is a related topic: Barrel or Nah? Bob Dylan.
1: Oh, Bobby D. Uh, Bob Dylan, I think at this point is Nah. Really, I, I mean, he's just gone on way too long, right? He's still around, <laughs>
0: just like his songs and his harmonica riffs. Exactly, he has gone on way too
1: long. Yep, it's true. Like Bob Dylan, I think has been super barrel during multiple times in his 350-year career.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, today, I think this iteration
0: is nah. So the reason I brought it up was because you used it as a yeah. reference point. You used we it as worked. an argument about the wave pool, the wave was pool. it? You I want to be, want on, to the be right on the right side.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to be on the wrong side of history. I do not want to be screaming at the electric, electric guitar because we should all be folk.
0: Right. Um, I think Bob Dylan is super barrel.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's obviously an icon. Way more barrel than Iggy Pop. Oh, those damn Iggy Pop commercials. They know there's going to be... Uh, you know, how many spots over the course of an event? Yeah. Like hundreds of, you know, advertisements airing and all they can find time for is to make two. Right. Play- I've always
0: complained about that over and over. Like yeah.
1: where even if you liked the thing, you're guaranteed going to hate it by the end of the, by the end of the event.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree. There's way too much redundancy oh, in goodness. the ad space you know, for all events. It's not like it's across a surprise. Sponsors. Yeah, it's not yeah. like it's a surprise. Well, the song's, to then become grating. Yeah. It's like the Jeep commercial comes on and it's uh, like, Oh, this song again. I know. No, oh, that's it's the worst. So Wanna there needs to be, spend. yeah, there definitely it definitely needs to be more. Um, I don't know. Less. They just redundancy. shouldn't allow, they
1: just shouldn't allow, they should just say, Hey, Billabong, you can run this one, you know, 30 times, but yeah. that's it. You can't run it more than 30 times. So we'll either, you know, just do a placard that says Billabong right. or something we're not gonna do that again
0: um well back to dylan i feel like you use that example where he went electric when everybody expected folk he went electric but then his career has evolved 10 times since he became christian and did a couple christian albums then he went back
1: and it's like like, his like his uh circus weird honky-tonk circus thing that was i think a a very much later iteration that was just like so annoying when he had like a top hat
0: and crazy mustache see to me i'm all in it's like whatever you do i'm not going to love them all equally but i'm in with supporting you as an artist and i i'm not convinced that your best album has been released yet like Mm, really well dude they gave up on when his early folk stuff was happening and then he went electric guitar they were just like oh he's jumped the shark that folk stuff will free will and bob dylan will never be beat yeah but then he goes through two three other iterations and hits you with blood on the tracks
1: that's true and you're
0: just like whole blood on the tracks you can't even really compare it to free will and bob dylan because it's so different it's It's a different genre it's a different hymn so is there going to be something later that comes and that's where great art comes from is from great artists and of course they're going to have swing and a mess and duds here and there but i'm banking on we know he's a great artist sure so i'm putting my money on just give me more of what you're doing
1: i will match your money with the nothing else good is coming out of bob dylan
0: okay <laughs> i saw him in concert a while back like a couple of years ago it was
1: awful yeah he's a frail man it was
0: unintelligible yeah just completely but then i I was still in i was like because that's part of it you know so um i'm going full barrel for bob dylan okay all right final barrel and offer 2017 also related to the pipe masters painting women on your surfboard
1: Mm. who had a good one idolo idolo had a good one i'm gonna say barrel
0: he had from torso down yep big booty from behind, a shot from behind, just yep. the big booty drawn on, yep. the G-string.
1: Of Total Barrel.
0: So he's laying on her booty is yep. the idea.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's Total Barrel. Total Barrel.
0: Yeah. Uh, I agree. Super Barrel. Yeah. When I saw it, I thought the exact same thing about wanting Gabriel Medina to be more of a villain. Yep. I was like, sweet. It'll yeah. This is controversial. The WSL is probably going to try to like keep that out of the frame. You think so? they ended up getting a shot of it when they like panned back away from the interview. But in theory, I think that there's somebody, a producer who would ideally not want it in the shot, which makes me want it more, which is like,
1: see, I could go on all day about that dang WSL and the, and the boredom factory.
0: And when, again, this is a presumption. I I don't know that they tried to do that, but I was just like, sweet. Yeah, Of course, this is hilarious, no, and you want to lay on this, and it's funny. And like bring it to the Pipe Masters where everybody's going to see it. And remember Kelly doing that back in the 90s. Yep. He had an entire quiver of different women. Yeah. He had a blonde, a brunette, a redhead. It was radical. It's good. Bring it back. So, yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. I would love to see the Women's World Tour embracing the same thing.
1: With just men. just Like a like a Speedo-wearing trunk of a man would be Hunky so dude. good. Hunky uh, dude drawn yes. on Courtney Logs board. Thunder from down under would be so real good. good. So good.
0: All right, Chaz, uh, anything else you want to say to go out on 2017?
1: It's been a fun year. Thank you, David Lee, for all this time. These chats are m- more and more enjoyable every time. I don't know how they are to listen to, but I
0: have a good time. Thank you. I'll tell you what. Let's find out how they are to listen to by asking listeners to tell us their opinion in the comments section on Beach Grit. Perfect. That's what we love to read. Go in there with my hazmat suit and like look through it all. Yeah. Um and then uh, BeachGrid.com, of course, is where you find everything that Chaz and I were referencing in this episode. SurfSplendorPodcast.com. I'll post this pod, this episode with all the video links, the imagery from Idolo Ferrer's board. Idolo,
1: want- I really like Idolo. I do too. He's a good, he's
0: fun. Phenomenal surfer yeah. too. Um, do you want us, do you want to post a Bob Dylan song on the website for them to listen to? Do you I have will. a favorite that you want to shout out and I'll post?
1: Um, I do like, uh, what was, um, I mean, your's really hard to beat. Uh, what is this? Times era changing.
0: Okay. I'm down for it. Yeah. Off the early stuff. Right. That was hard the, uh, it. the folk. Yeah. You know, fighting. Folky, Folky Dylan. Yeah. Fighting the, uh, wars that were going on and all that sort of stuff. And then we'll post a link to Derek's book, all that sort of stuff, Surfsplunderpodcast.com, And uh, I guess until two weeks from now, which will yeah. be the first episode of 2018.
1: We'll be talking about the 2018 WSL upcoming season.
0: Yeah, super exciting. So until then, enjoy Christmas, get a couple of waves, and get barrel.